Welcome to the Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors and hear about what they're learning, what they're teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Behind the Sermon podcast. It's your host, Charlotte, and I'm here with Pastor Victoria and Pastor Colin. Yeah, what's good? What's up, the next gen crew? Not much, honestly. It's kind of a rainy day today, but it's I'm vibing. How about you? Doing great. <laughs> yeah? How was preaching this Sunday? It was fun. It was good. I honestly was a little bit surprised at how well it was received. Um, it was fun. I'm very glad. You did a really good job. Thanks. Colin, how was service in Plymouth for you? Um, kids was great. We had a fun time. We, we kind of like, um, had, we ran like a new schedule, which was cool. Um, we kind of test drove what we were going to be moving to soon. And it honestly went pretty well. That's the good. kids attention went well. Um, we had a new video. Cool. Carl is no longer part of our, um, lovely kids videos, but who's cool. Carl. He, he's like an iconic next gen man. Like if anyone wants to know about what the Gen Z Bible is, definitely look up cool Carl. Um, he'll give you some insight. Is there actually a Gen Z Bible? Please? There is. No way. Yeah. Well, yeah. No. Nope. It's, it's pleasantful. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Do you use it in youth? Um, I don't personally. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Victoria does though, right? Do you do that? Oh, 1000% every single week. Yeah. Making sure we're reading from it getting the most up-to-date stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the only way to stay current, honestly. Yep. I need to get on that train <laughs> then, I guess. <laughs> I think you'll be, I think you'll leave the Bible more confused if you read the next gen. <laughs> oh, Bible. I'm, I'm sure of that. Well, anyway, um, so this week you preached on how we can love the next generation like Jesus. And I think this was one of, this was something that was needed for me to hear uh, and then also just to like know how to love the next gen. I thought, I thought it was like well-rounded in the terms of like practical application and also like the spiritual implications that we need to be aware of. Um, I'm not going to talk about your metal detecting journey. Um, we don't, <laughs> we don't have to get into that because you know, that's good. But, um, let's talk about how we can love the next generation like how do you guys personally love the next generation not just as youth pastors but as humans who are involved with the next gen i feel like everything that we do and i don't i don't speak for pastor victoria but basically everything that comes out of my mouth is all about next gen whether it's about kids whether it's about youth i'm i feel like i'm constantly talking about them in some way yeah um uplifting them making sure that they feel heard um, cause that's, that's a majority of it. Like we, I, I know at least for me and Hannah, we, we want to make sure that every kid that comes in kids church, every youth that attends on a Wednesday night as well, like they, they feel loved and heard at the same time. And so, um, majority of it, yeah, is majority of it's just talking about them, yeah. praising them, even if it's something small, like, Hey, they started praying this week or Hey, they closed their eyes during worship. Like it's like just something <laughs> small, but something huge for them. Like them being recognized like, oh yeah, I am taking steps in faith. And so yeah. I thought, I, I think it's just really cool that um, we have a church that loves the next gen. Yeah. So. Yeah. I would definitely harp on um, making sure that they feel heard. Right. I think something that they typically just need is the attention. 
Um, and so giving them that attention, listening to them when they want to talk about, you know, whether it's what God's doing in their life or sometimes, honestly, most of the time, it's just them ranting about school or their teachers right. or sometimes their parents, not going to lie. <laughs> um, but just being that ear so that they can get all these things off their chest and know that someone cares enough to sit there and listen to what's going on right. in their life. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I don't remember half the things they say, but I know for sure that they feel seen in that moment. Like yeah. when I'm talking through it, like um, there'll be little things that come up that like weeks down the road, I'll be like, hey, like how's this going? Or how'd this go? And they're like, oh, you remember? Like, yeah, like sometimes I do remember. It's really memorable. But sometimes when you talk about your cat every week, I don't, <laughs> I'm not going to really remember as much. But I know that if it's sick, it's sick. If it's healthy, it's healthy. It's kind of the extent of it. So. <laughs> We'll keep that cat in our prayers. <laughs> I got you, Robbie. Don't worry. <laughs> um, do you guys ever find yourself like struggling to connect with the youth these days? I know technically, I think I'm correct in saying this. We're all technically also a part of Next Gen as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Do you ever find yourself struggling even with the kids that you're leading? Or, or do you find it easier because you have that smaller age gap? So it's probably, I'm the oldest in the room, aren't I? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> at a good old ripe 26. Oh. <laughs> You're on the um, edge of it. Right? I am literally on the edge of it. Sometimes I don't like admitting that like 1997 Oof. is Gen Z, but right. hey, it is. <laughs> um, want to associate with so us. As, as I was making that call at the end of my sermon, I thought it was funny because I was like, how many of you guys in this room actually like, no, I'm part of this group, <laughs> but I didn't say it. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, I think every week I am trying to like stay current with what's going on. And honestly, yeah. like it's not even just staying current with, um, like with what's going on in their world, but like our world in general, right? Like what's yeah. going on in our world is yep. affecting them. Um, and it's going to impact them. And then there's all the tiny little like culture things to be aware of what they're saying, what they're dressing, like, you know, all these different oh, yeah. things. Yeah. I remember a funny story is earlier, um, this year, I got different jeans. Like I live in skinny jeans. I've like always worn skinny jeans. And so for the first time ever, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get jeans that are like, they're, whatever the kids are wearing these days, they're Ooh. like more baggy and like they're vintage, whatever. <laughs> and so I get them, I wear them on a Sunday morning and all the youth girls in Milton are wearing skinny jeans. And I walk over to them and I was like, what are you guys doing? What? Like, guys, I'm trying to be cool. Skinny jeans are out. Like, leave me over here trying to fit in with you, and you're all wearing skinny jeans. And they looked at me like, "What is wrong with Victoria today?" And then it gets worse. Like, we had a fuse night a few months after that, and one of the girls comes up to me and wearing the pants that I was wearing that day, and she goes, "Oh." knew you were going to wear those today. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> like you're calling me out. <laughs> I'm just trying to look right. What you don't know is that you actually set that trend for them. So now they're all skinny jeans wearing. Now they're right. up to date. You, you oh. set the trend so that they could be up to date. Yeah, lead all right. the way, 26 year old. Um. <laughs> Side part coming in hot next. Yo, middle part's in. Um. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, the vintage look is kind of in. Like, if, if in case you were wondering, in case you want some fashion tips, the, yeah, the vintage is in. Like, for the first time, I can admit it, like, I'd probably wear, like, a shirt that looks vintage. Like. Um, yeah. I, not, but, yeah, so anyways, when, how I, basically how I do it, um, it's kind of fun, a funny story. I saw it on Facebook. 
Um, one of my students' moms is like a teacher. And so talking about clothes and how, like what they're wearing, she, she posted some pictures of what not to wear, um, which was a little bit obscure. Like I didn't really want to see it, but at the same point she was like, yeah, I tell my students, like, if you won't wear it to the beach, if you won't wear it to bed, or if you don't want to see it on me, like, then don't wear it. And, and just like that, like that idea of, okay, like that makes sense. Like how, how much culture has changed now, like looking at the two different pair of clothes from like when I was a kid, um, wearing like those cargo shorts that were like plaid and, and like a classic <laughs> tee, like to now, like where they're wearing like, I don't know, some guys are wearing like five inch seam, like shorts and just like really getting after like different styles. I think as next gen as a whole is evolving and like as a church, we need to be evolving with it in a way that still brings the gospel as a part of yeah. like the main source of it. So yeah, I think it's cool. Next gen is cool. I don't think I can ever stop talking about it. What do you think? Um, I think, I think it's great what you guys do because I, the being at youth camp with all the Dover youth, um, I quickly realized how out of the loop <laughs> I was and I'm not in the loop any more than I was and they just gave up on me. But I think it's interesting to think like they care so much about even the tiniest things and they notice mm -hmm. like interactions between people, which I think is really something that a lot of other generations don't get to even like pride themselves on right. because this this coming up generation, they see through the fakest of things mm -hmm. and they see the most genuine of things and they just want you to be real with them. And I think that that's something that we should definitely foster and like care towards because if we're genuine with our faith, they're going to take that and learn from that and grow from that. Right. And I think that's just like something that you guys get to witness and like help um, them grow in their faith in this time. And it's just, it's, it's awesome. It's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, one of the blessings that I have as doing kids and youth, um, I get to see those kids that are growing up in our kids and then moving into youth and seeing their faith evolve from like five years from like a span of like five years. And I think it's really cool because I'm seeing them go from very like, they don't want to do anything. They're going to sit in the corner and cry during worship to like, they're in seventh grade now, worship hits and their eyes are closed, their hands are raised, like they're in the moment, like they're experiencing God in a new way. And I think that evolution of just that time of maturity and a time of them taking their faith seriously yeah. is like huge. Um, and it's honestly a blessing to see that happen. Yeah. Um, especially when we have like our worship nights that's coming up on August 20th, which is a plug. Um, <laughs> if you want to go to that, the next gen will go to that too. And, and when you get to see them worship, like I know um, I have a kid in um, Plymouth who uh, her name is Amelia. She will be on the floor. She'll be right in the center. Like she'll be worshiping. Yeah. Um, her favorite thing is to look at the confidence monitor instead of the other screen um, because she knows what's coming up next. And so she likes that. Um, so she can sing along confidently. Um, but she, she's just all about worship. Yeah. Right. And so I, I just, I think it's such a blessing to be a part of that. So mm, that's good. What was one of the things for you guys to get where you are now? Because it takes a lot. There's not a lot of people coming into ministry um, in our age bracket. What was something that like from the people that came before you that was an encouragement to help you to grow in your faith to be where you are now? Yeah, I mean, I got, I got 
seen, right? Like I had pastors who like poured into me, who saw what I could do and like really poured into that aspect of it. And so um, I think that's kind of where it started um, and where the passion led was like, I had teachers that loved me in school. I had teachers that hated me. Um, Like sometimes I can be a little rambunctious and say things that they don't want me to talk about during math class and it's fine. But, um, but what the real thing was is some of the, some of the teachers that I had, like I loved so much and I I would probably take them um, as some of like my key role models growing up. Mm And um, I think just having them there and being a part of my life and in such a positive way, is why I'm here and why we're making a difference and um, and why we're oh, and honestly why I do what I do every every yeah. Wednesday and every Sunday. Yeah. So yeah, I would probably say it was people who um, saw what I didn't see and then like lit the fire mm. um, or at least like helped light the fire. So I remember being in youth group myself and. Um, being invited to be part of like a student leader group. And half the time I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, why am I in a student leader group? (laughs) And feeling like I didn't fit in with everyone and kind of like an outsider, but still going to it. And then getting to college and being like, well, I still don't know what I'm doing here, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to just kind of do my own thing. And then as I did that, like all along, there's always been people who have seen um, something, you know, what what they would probably say is like, oh yeah, like the gifts and talents God has given you. But it's it's easy to say that to other people. Right. But then when it comes to yourself, it's like, well, I don't want to like be boastful. I don't want to talk about these things. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what God's actually giving me. And yeah. then you admit it. And then it's like, oh man, now I actually have to do something about it right. too. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say it's been all the people who have been like, no, no, no. Like you have something, you got to do something with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then that helped kind of like build that fire up, right? Yeah, something definitely is crucial for me. Like I remember a very vivid scene of um, Chris Pike and I at Cafe Monte Alto in Plymouth and he's just sitting with me and um, I kind of came to the realization that I needed to drop out of college and do this full time and like be a part of ministry. And he was like, you know, we've been meeting for like eight weeks and now you finally realize it. I was ready to tell you week one, but I wanted you to come to that decision. And I think it was cool that those eight weeks, like he like really like stuck by it and like- even though I was like, oh, I'm still at college. I don't, I like every week I would say, like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I know that right now is where I'm at. And mm. like, I don't know how to go from there. And I think just like we said in the beginning, like being seen and understanding that God has called us to a higher place yeah. than where we're at right now, like um, to serve him in a higher standard and a higher way. I think that's just honestly the key aspect of it all. Yeah. So. Do you think that we often overlook like what students can bring to the table as like a church as a whole? I'd say a thousand percent. Yeah, I'd say people who aren't in the ministry definitely don't understand the power of the next generation. Yeah, that's something I would probably, like that's something I could easily go on for a long time. But I think it comes from being able to see it so much, right? So like we're in it, we're the ones who like Mm -hmm. have our hands like in the dirt, right? In a sense. And so we're the ones who like go to the youth camps and like we see what happens at those camps. Yeah. Amen. And it's a lot easier to know what, what can happen in a kid's life, what mm-hmm. like what they can do, what they're capable of when you're seeing it every day. And you're seeing it like in that ministerial context. So like, yeah, you could have your own kid, but then maybe sometimes when you have your own kid, like you're not even yeah. seeing that yourself, right? Yep. You're just living day-to-day life with them. Right. Um, and so I think absolutely like the church as a whole, not just like restoration, but I'm saying like, Right, like church as a unity, right? Um, 
yeah, I think that kids are often, kids, teens are often overlooked and not given enough um, credit for what they're capable of doing. Or really, God's not given enough credit for what he can do in their yeah. lives and can do, do through them. Um, I'm not going to keep harping on it. No, but. You, you can keep going. <laughs> yeah, we got the yeah, time you had and the space. This is it. That's hours what you're left. supposed to do right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's my job. Fun um, Welcome to the podcast. Um, um, I think, okay, so I sit in a different perspective than you guys. I'm not necessarily outside of the Next Gen Ministries, but I'm not in it either. Like I, I right. don't go to youth every week. I'm not in the kids wing. Um, but I do like have some relationship with the youth students at least and some of the kids. Yeah. Um, and I think even just having a little bit of that connection that I'm able to see them grow and just encourage them in where they're going next. It's really cool to, to know even that like, I don't, <laughs> this is going to sound weird, but I don't have to keep doing what I'm going to do because there's going to be someone coming behind me to take my job and like encourage the next people. And then I can step into a different role of being a mentor yeah. to whoever's next or encourage whoever's next or even just take a backseat and let them teach me. Because I think that's important too, because I think we can learn a lot from people older than us, but I think we can also learn a lot from people younger than us because it's that childlike faith. You see a, a kid who just came to Christ, they they do so much more in their genuine faith because they're just learning how to do it and they just do what like feels right or what is the immediate next step rather than, as for me, or you guys, I'm sure too, you've been in it so long, like mm -hmm. mentally, you know, sometimes you can get in like these rhythms of just like, I am supposed to do this, but it doesn't come from a place of like, oh, this is pretty genuine or authentic. Obviously it is, but you can get caught up in it. Um, but that kind of leads me into the next question. How do we like encourage our kids or encourage the youth or even like young adults to like step out boldly with their faith and step out boldly into what God is calling them to. Mm -hmm. How do we do that? That's good. Um, we, well, we learned about a kid's uh, youth camp. And so just to bring it here, um, Jess, the speaker, she talked about how our testimonies are, are trophies and trophies are meant to be shown. Like those are accomplishments that we have. And um, when we when we come through and, and when we go through lots of different things, um, like the, the struggles that we go through, those are trophies. Um, the things that like God tests us with, those are trophies. And um, so I think the, the biggest encouragement is not just for the next gen, but also for um, the generation like before them, right? Is like yeah. for our parents and for all of them is like, get them to talk about their story. Like get them to talk about how much God has impacted them. Um, especially this year at camp, I know, um, like ask those students that went to camp, like how impactful it was. Um, I know even from my perspective as the rec director, like I was able to see all of our students and all of the students across um, the the district really take a time in, in a moment with God. Um, and so those, those trophies that she talked about, like those are huge when it comes to their testimony and to really get them to share it and ask yeah. them about it, like ask leading questions, not like, did you have fun? Yes. Okay. Did, like, did you like camp? Yeah. How was youth group tonight? It was good. Like those are, you're always going to get those answers if you don't have leading questions. Like mm -hmm. why was it good? Why is it that you go every week? Right. Yeah. And so that, those are just a couple of my thoughts through that. 
Yeah. Um, I would add in the fact that you have to be ready to to do it for the long run. Yeah. Um, so it's not next gen kids, teens, like pouring into them, encouraging them, empowering them isn't something that happens overnight. So we do it every single week. We tell them every single week, Hey, go and do this, go and share it, go talk about Jesus. Right. But we know that it's going to take time before they actually start doing it. Right. Yeah. And like, of course, a miracle and answered prayer invite for your us friends, invite your yeah, friends. <laughs> would be if like the very next day they're like, Hey, I just invited 60 kids. Like, they're all going to be there. It would be amazing. I'd panic, but it'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, Two versus 60. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but you have to be in it for the long run and have faith that God's going to do something. Yeah. So one thing I learned really early on when I started serving, like summer camps and things like that um, was you're planting seeds and sometimes you're never going to see them actually grow through, but -hmm. you just have to have faith that God's going to do something with that seed that you're planting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something that you really have to keep in your mind as you're going through next gen, even like students today. So like even kids that we're seeing on a weekly basis, just because we see them on a weekly basis doesn't mean that we're seeing those seeds like grow every single time. I'd say if anything, sometimes it's like when we go to the big mountain, what we call like the mountaintop moments, right? When we take them to events like, camp or conference. or a conference we get to those and then like something will happen in this kid's life and we're like yes and like as they the youth pastor, raise their as they worship. Yes! <laughs> we're like so excited Why and like freaking out right trying to like not show them that yeah. we're like on the inside just partying but and for them they're like yeah this was a cool experience and we're like no but it was awesome <laughs> it takes off my crock and throws right. it at them. like no you had fun <laughs> you like like when they're struggling to go back the next year i'm like don't you remember how good it was last year? Like, why are you struggling to go back now? Like, yeah. Just do it. Like, go. Yes. And you're gonna you're gonna experience God in a new and fresh yeah. way. That's why I say every time, like, like, go experience God in a new way because what you experienced back then is gonna be amplified this yeah. year. Um, and I totally agree with that. Like, like I have those moments where instead of in like I I internally freak out, but how I show it outside is I just have a single tear that just drops. <laughs> Like when I, like, let's be honest, like when I finally see like Robbie raise his hand during worship, like now he's doing it every Sunday, not just on a Wednesday. And like that, like that hits. And so I'm like that, I get emotional because like I'm, I'm excited because I know that God is going to do great things in my life. And I think, um, the biggest thing for me, like if someone's questioning about next gen, like, Oh, like how do I have a part in it? I don't really like kids. Like, like have like sit down with me for like 30 minutes, like maybe an hour. Like, let me just talk to you about my heart. Like, honestly, like I feel like if you talk to any one of the next gen leaders, um, whether it's in kids or youth or even young adults, like just talk with us and and we're going to really show you how we empower the next gen and why we love them so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think honestly, that's one of my key things. And I think I've gotten, um, some good feedback from that, like just sitting down with people and sharing the idea that like I do what I do to make a difference for not today, but for tomorrow. And that like, it blows their mind sometimes why, why I've been doing this for like five years at this point. I, this is more camp stories from Charlotte, but um, I almost felt bad when I was the, the youth leader for, um, for the Dover girls that came to camp because I wasn't their youth leader, but I went to their church. And that actually came up in conversation at one point because they're like, why don't you come to youth? Like, why aren't you there? And I cried. I cried so much with them because 
like I don't have the capacity to do that because I serve in so many other areas. And it's like, I still have conversations with them. And I was like, I'll still be there and you'll see me at church and like, please come up to me or like reach out to me if you have anything. But like, I felt bad because like one, I, I created that for them because they, they know, they know when people are in and out of their lives. And then two, I'm not, I'm not their youth leader or their youth pastor. And I'm witnessing and encouraging and being there and praying for them for all these mountaintop moments. And I have to go and try and convey that to their youth leaders and their youth pastors and say, Hey, this is all that happened. It does. It's not a great summary because there was 11 of them. And I'm trying to tell you everything that happened. I'm trying to tell you all the things that they were healed from. I'm trying to tell you all the salvations that were had. I'm trying to tell you all of these moments that they, they came to themselves right. on themselves. And it's like, I can't, I can only do so much with the words that I have. Like you should talk to them, but still I'm sad that they missed out on that opportunity. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I get to be there for that. But right. there's that, those two things that it hurts when I I see that reaction from them. Mm. Then there's the other hot side of like going back to um, like being there consistently and trust at kids camp. Um, what? Yes, <laughs> I had a great time. Kids we camp was so good. <laughs> um, but there, there was a couple difficult girls in my group and they did not like me from the start. They just did not want to be there they felt like they were forced to be there. I think they just didn't have anyone that actually cared about them in their life, which is kind of sad. But by the end of the week, they would not leave my side because I took the time to just mm-hmm. have conversations, even if they were hard ones. Right. Like, and I think that's a lot of, if you just have the conversations with the, the students around you and good or bad, if mm-hmm. you're there to just be with them, uh, they're going to right. take receptive like they're going to be receptive to you mm-hmm. and like you can't just speak into their lives you have to earn that mm-hmm. and yeah. i think that's for everyone so yeah. uh what are some ways just moving to the next uh bullet point how can we start to look to the next generation individually and as a corporate body of the church how can we look to them like jesus more i know you talked about this yeah. on sunday and that was your closing point but what are some more practical ways that we can do so? Um, I think it's being, being willing to do what you said and take that back seat, right? Um, and being willing to take that back seat. So as I said earlier, Sunday morning, fun fact, I almost like thought of saying it while I was on stage and I was like, nah, let me not do that. But like fun fact, everyone who was here on Sunday morning who listened to that sermon took a back seat. I'm 1997. I am considered Gen Z. Yeah. Like that was looking yep. to the next generation. But obviously like it's not just looking at the person who's in their 20s and like is, you know, doing ministry at this capacity, but it's looking at like even the little kids, right? right. And so looking at whether it's their childlike faith for when they come to like finally experience Jesus for that very first time. Um, or you're telling that teenager like, Hey, you know, take my spot on the worship team for a week because you've got the skills and like you're pouring into it. Um, you just, you need to have the willingness to do that and to give them the space. I think something that makes me upset sometimes when it comes to next gen is, is people like almost putting them in a box and thinking like, no, they're so young. So they're, they're bound to mess up during, you know, Sunday morning or whatever that they like choose to serve in or no, they're so young and so um, 
we like can't depend on them because it's their parents who are going to bring them. And mm-hmm. so now how do we even schedule them? Do they even have an email? And like all these like little questions start getting in the way. And it's like, no, 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 it doesn't have to be that difficult. Like let's, let's figure it out. Let's get them scheduled, whatever it looks like. And let's get them here and let's get them serving and let's yep. get them doing something. Yeah. We just need to be willing to take the back seat or maybe the side seat. Maybe you're in the passenger seat, you know, making sure that projection goes fine when that kid takes over projection, mm-hmm. but you're still letting them do mm-hmm. it. And you're not only doing it on next gen Sunday. Yeah. So yes, next gen Sunday is amazing. And I love that we do that as a church. We are like one of the few, not one of the many when it comes to that event. And it is so important, but let's stop from just doing it once. Right. And let's continue when that kid gets plugged into that serve spot and they get excited and they love it. Like, what are we doing after that? Are we continuing it in them? Mm -hmm. Are we allowing them to go through it? Even if it's a small things, like, isn't there the little, the little dude who goes up for run through every single Dover, every single Sunday in Dover. Um, Yes. And I witnessed that on Sunday and I just love it. He is the cutest little kid up there and he is just full on worshiping Jesus during run through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just awesome. Like that's so small, but it's probably so impactful in his life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Something that I've done, like there's been youth students that have joined the serving, like the serve team. And I've legit made their planning center accounts and like had their password. And then was like, Hey, like this is what you have. And I literally made it for them. Um, just because like, they don't have like, um, parents that, that do serve or like they are and they serve every once in a while. Um, and so like, I've even gone as far as like taking that like side cart seat and been like, Hey, I'm going to make this for you. You have to make sure you're confirming and like walking them through like mm-hmm. what it is. Cause they catch on like, they're like I've, I've told so many parents, like they know how to work the iPads at check in better than the parents do. Like I know for me, like I just watch the kids come in and check the, their, themselves in and then <laughs> hand their sticker to the parents say, all right, see you later. And then like, they walk <laughs> off and they're like, your parents just standing there. They're like in awe, like, okay, uh, see you later. <laughs> like even for first time kids, like they're still like typing in their name and like they're working the iPad way faster than the kid than the parents would. And like, they are very like creative generation. And so I think that's something to lean into, right? Like if you're serving with them, if you, um, see that they have a potential and, or if they like, um, doing something like sound, like take them under your wing and just show them something small and then eventually get to the point where they are taking over and you're just sitting there just observing and correcting if needed. Like it's, I think it's so cool. Um, from my perspective, like seeing you students be teachers in kids church is huge. Like we have the very next generation teaching the same generation. Like it's like, even for me, like I'm, I'm in the next gen and I've been leading, where I'm at like for a while now. Yeah. And so like I, I've taken that heart and I've, I've shared it with the other ones. And now we have youth students that um, are on fire about serving in mm-hmm. kids, which is cool, um, which you don't get often because usually <laughs> youth students are like, I don't want to do with those kids. They're so annoying. But then they're like, oh my gosh, they're so cute. I love them. So that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I think Dover's got a cool crew right now because I think we have most of the tech team that is being trained right now are youth students, which is really fun to see just because they want to get involved and they want to be a part of it. Um, it's just, it's really fun to know that like, you can see the joy like on the faces of the students and then the also the people who are serving that Sunday of just like, hey, let me teach you this. Let me show you all the knowledge that I have. Let me pass it on to you. And then they also get to be a part of service in a different capacity than just attending. Because on Sunday, 
youth students don't just have to show up because they that's just what they're expected to do. Like they can be a part of it too. Um, like there's a place for kids, but there's also a place for youth. And it's not just, oh, you've got your weeknight service and that's where you can serve and that's where your, your place is. It's like, no, you're a part of the church and not just a sideline character that comes in on a Wednesday night. Um, no, you, it's so much bigger than that. It's it's so much greater than that. Yes, right. and that is so important, making sure that they feel like they're one of the church, right? Because the statistics show us, and I don't know all the, sti- the statistics off my head, I should. I know like the rough estimates of everything, mm-hmm. but like statistics show us that once these kids, so once these kids turn to teenagers, they turn to teenagers to go off to college. Now we have young adults, right? Young adults are still considered part of the next generation. Yep. The unfortunate part is they go off to college and if they didn't identify and like, um, uh, what's the word? Like if they didn't make the, the like connections, the decision to be at the church, like theirs, if they didn't yeah. take ownership of that, right then it just becomes something that falls to the sideline. And so you see, I think it's like 50% or maybe more of these students who will go off to college and then they just stop attending church. Some of them decide like they're no longer going to follow Jesus. And then after that, even like, so maybe like they just stopped going to the church, but they still, they're going to follow Jesus, right? Um, But they're just not plugged in anywhere. And then after they graduate from college, they like start to have their career, their family and everything starts to settle down. Once you get to like the 30s, you have a a percentage. I think it's something because I was like looking at all this this past week. You have, I think it's like 30, maybe 35% of that like original group, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is coming back to the church. Yeah. So, and like, that's so, that's a small amount. That's yeah. not a big amount, right? Yeah. It's such a small amount of people who come back and who like decide they're going to get involved in everything. And if they don't make that decision to make it theirs, then they're like, you could just lose them. Yeah. And right. it's so important. It is so important to help them get to that point where they understand. So like- kudos to the parents who like are bringing the kids and the teens to church, but it's more than that. Yeah. Like we love the fact that you bring them here Yeah, from that point. Like it becomes basically like our responsibility to help them figure out the fact that like it, this needs to be their responsibility yeah. too. Right. So yeah. Yeah. I got, I got two quick points. Um, you one, got time. Go for um, it. this is for the parents. This is just for the parents for the next generation. Like don't use not going to youth group as a punishment. Ooh. Like, don't don't say, you know what, you like you you didn't do your chores this week. You're not going to go to youth group. Like, that's not helping anything. I think, and when it comes to our faith, like, it's only going to hurt if we use church as a like as a form of like a punishment. And uh, I just think I, I get I get different parents all the time. Like, oh, like he didn't do what he told, so he wasn't able to come. Like, oh, my parents had to um, keep me home this week because I didn't take my clothes out of the dishwasher, uh, not dishwasher, you, don't put your clothes in dishwasher. You, you get what I mean. And then, and then I, I think put weirder things in the dishwasher, <laughs> a quilt. Not um, my phone. Oh, right. Um, and honestly, the second thing is like parents, you are the best teacher for your students. Yeah. Like we get them for like what, two hours a week and you're getting them like for 24 seven, like you, uh, you're, you're getting them those other like, I don't even know how many hours I can do on the top of my head, but you get the point. Like you are going to be the best teachers of faith. So mm-hmm. if, if you aren't putting your time into faith and you're not putting your energy into Christ, like the kids are going to see that and it's going to be affected as, as it comes. And yeah. um, I think honestly, like if you're getting into the word with them, like 
you're going to see you as a family grow exponentially. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's going to be a clear change where you're going to notice that your entire family is moving towards what God has for you. And, and the Holy spirit is working deep and you're, you're getting and using the gifts of the spirit where um, knowledge is coming out. And like mm-hmm. you have, you're going to start seeing those gifts that the kids have very early on. If you take that time and really invest in your own kids. Um, so that'd be, just a couple of tips for the parents. Yeah, I definitely, I can agree with that. It definitely starts in the home. Like church should be the, the like landing ground where you as a parent receive from God and are learning and having a place to grow from and getting that um, moment of just hearing the word of God. But you should be bringing that into your home because the kids are going to have the same thing on Wednesday and on Sunday. But if you're not actively pursuing your own faith, they see that and that's what their faith is going to look mm-hmm. like yeah. because they're going to see you just going to Sunday and then never opening up your Bible or never praying or never bringing Jesus into your home. And that's what they're going to think faith looks like. Yep. And then they're going to be disappointed by God when that's what they're doing with their faith. And then they're not getting anything from their own faith walk. They're not getting from thing, anything from their own relationship. And it's a responsibility for us to be able to, like, no matter what your household looks like, mm-hmm. to be coming back and still pursuing Jesus outside of the church walls and modeling that to yep. our kids mm-hmm. and our family and our friends. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Mm-hmm. So let's speak to the kids now. What about the youth? What would you say to them? And what would you encourage them with? What would you tell them to do? How to best use the people around them? How to best seek out the knowledge or ask the questions or anything? Um, Dang. My biggest thing for youth and the kids at Milton already know this and I harp on it all the time. And as soon as they start talking about it, it's like I'm on a soapbox about it because it was a big thing for me as a youth student is your schools, man, your schools. Like I, and I mentioned it on Sunday morning. I like, I Mm -hmm. had to throw it in there somewhere, but schools are such an unreached mission field. If you think about it, and it is the easiest mission field that any of these kids and teens can walk into. And it is a place where us, like the adults, we can't necessarily, we can just walk into a school nowadays. Like, yo, we'd be stopped real quick. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing in here? And, and, and so if, if you're listening to this, right, if you're a youth, if you're a parent and you're like, man, yeah, I want them to get involved in your school, right? Your kid's like, hey, I want to do these things. Listen, there are resources. Like there are yeah. ways that you can do it. So many of the, the teens that I talk to sometimes are like, well, you sound crazy. Like I can't promote Jesus. I can't talk about the Bible. I can't, you know, walk around and teach Bible or, or any of these things in my school because it's a public school. I'm like, oh no, yes, you can. Yep. There are laws out there that guarantee you the ability to be able yeah. to do these things. Mm-hmm. I will figure out, I will find the resource for the end of this podcast yeah. because, <laughs> because I don't know it off the top of my head right now, but there's literally legal teams that exist so that they can fight against public schools so that kids can continue bringing the Bible into the school. Yeah. Yep. And 
like, hold up, just the fact that they can bring the Bible into the school, like, do we not realize how much of a privilege that is as well? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's something that I, like, again, I am on my soapbox. Like, like she's, she's like getting they, after it. Keep going, keep going. Like, they need to, like, just understand the fact that they can do this. Yeah. And we have to be able to empower them to be able to do that as well. Like, if you are a teacher in a public school, you probably can't talk about the Bible and all those things. Right. Sure. But you know what you can do? You can find that teenager who's lurking in the hallways, who believes mm-hmm. in Jesus as well, and tell them, hey, I'm going to be the advisor for your your Bible club, your prayer club, whatever yeah. you right. want. And then you can begin to oversee that club for them. Like there are so many different avenues that we can take as adults trying to pour into these kids' yeah. lives, whether mm-hmm. it is like giving them the understanding and and the the like, hey, yeah, like you have all these laws that are going to back you up, right? Being willing to walk, maybe, maybe walk into the principal's office with them and yeah. like have those hard discussions. I walked into a principal's office while I was in high school and I was like, listen, dude, I'm going to pray at the school poll and, and these things are going to happen. And he was just like, like, oh, okay, all right, uh, sounds good. And he knew that he couldn't say no. Yeah. And I like walked in there straight faced. And if, if anyone knows, it could be scary. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to talk about Jesus. And he was like, okay. <laughs> so- that was the only time I went to the principal's office. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and so like my, oh man, my heart is to see our students do that. I want to see our kids going into their principal's office yeah. and have all, all that they need to back them up and be ready to to do these things, yeah. right? Like if we can have all different kinds of clubs in these schools, if we can be talking about all all different kinds of societal clubs, subjects, bro. right? Like, like, hey, listen, we have LGBTQ like plus clubs, right? And, yeah. and like we have pride things and, and flags and, and all this stuff. And if that can be in the public schools, then why is Jesus not in the public school just as much or more? Yeah. Like we live in one of the, probably one of the only countries where it's so easy to be able to do this. Yet I think that we don't take enough advantage of it. Right. And so shameless plug here, September, in September, we wow. have something that's coming up that's called See You at the Poll. And we're going to start like introducing it and um, explaining to the students what it is. So yeah. September 27th, it's a Wednesday. In that day, it is literally a national day of prayer yeah. at schools where kids are encouraged all over the country, whether they're at private, whether they're at public schools, whatever, even if they're homeschooled, they're encouraged to go to their flagpole in, in of their school. If you're homeschooled, like go to the public school, go, go to your city hall flagpole, wherever yeah. you want, right? And you, they're encouraged to go student-led to pray, to worship, to, to talk about Jesus, right? Their goal is to be praying about their schools and, and the education system and things like that, their peers. And we get to be adults in that with them, right? Mm-hmm. So like we can go and we can be there while they're praying. Like we can pray along with them. But the goal is for it to be student led for them to be the ones who are doing it. And it's not just youth. Like you can do it with little kids, right? Yeah. So yep. one of my favorite things was last year, my sister's also a youth pastor. And last year when um, See What the Poll happened, she took my niece, so this little kindergartner, and they went to the flagpole and they stood there together and my niece prayed. And it was just the sweetest thing in the world. My sister documented it, like took pictures of it. And it was, I was just, I was like, oh my gosh, if that isn't like the best next gen thing to see. And so I want to see our kindergartners at their flagpoles Mm -hmm. come, you know, September 27th. Mm -hmm just do it. <laughs> like, just, like that, that is my encouragement. <laughs> Listen, so just good. do it. <laughs> just go We're to not your flagpole. <laughs> We're not. <laughs> what about you, Colin? What would you tell the students? Yeah, I mean, just do it. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> no, I, I'm, but like, seriously, no, all I the know. students, I feel like they're just honestly afraid. And I, I've been sharing the same thing. Like, like, 
I get like, you want to be like, you want to say you went to Africa as a mission trip. You want to say that you went to Cuba as a mission trip as those are the ones that are like coming up in our church. But like, like you can go on a mission trip every single day, Monday to Friday. Like you can be there in those schools and <clears throat> really try to get those kids. Like, like if we, if we don't see them for like a couple of weeks at youth group, like, because they're, they're at their own Bible study. Like, I think I had that once where one of my kids literally was like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm not going to come tonight. Cause I have a little Bible study with a couple of friends from school. I'm like, Oh no, like that's not the worst thing. Like <laughs> there's, there's definitely like, that's like probably one of the best things you can be doing to skip it. Right. And so like, just do it. Like get in the school. Like if you need help, let me know. Like, let us know, like get your, get youth pastor, like to know, um, tell your next gen director. We're all, we're all behind you. We want to support yeah. you in a hundred percent. Um, and we want to make sure that you are fully supported in this. Like, like Pastor Victoria said, like it is a need that is unreached and, yeah. and we need to, we need to get into it now before it's too late. That's before good. next thing you know, there, there are laws made, um, against that. So good. Something I would say is like to the youth students or even to the kids, like don't be afraid to come up to leaders within the church and ask if there's a way that they can be a part of things or like ask if there's a way you can um, be mentored or even just like be taken under like our wings because right. no one's going to say no. We're looking to you guys. Like mm -hmm. we want you to be a part of anything that right. we're a part of. Um and most of the time, gonna be honest, I don't know how to talk to kids that I don't know because I don't have a relationship <laughs> with with you guys already. So I think right. it's just, if you come to us first, um, it's very valuable and it makes us feel important enough to you. Um, and I'm, I'm ready to pour into who's ever willing to receive and I want to have those relationships. Right, yeah. And just, just to really nail on the head what Pastor Victoria closed with was the idea that like, the, like it's not going to be in 20 years that this happens, right? Like, like this, this generation right now, like the kindergartners right now can be praying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I've, I've heard, I've heard the smallest of children pray. And when they pray for snack during like during class, like it is the cutest thing, yeah. but they mean it. Like their eyes are like tightly closed and they're like hands are folded and they're yeah. like, God, thank you for this food. Thank you for this snack. Thank you for today. Like, mm. like, they, they're starting very young and I don't think that there's an age barrier to what no. we can do and, and what we can share. And so, um, just the encouragement of like church, like look at, look at who we have mm. and, and try to do your best to pour into it in some way. Yeah. Even if it's making spaghetti and feeding them, like that's even huge. That, that's a big yes. deal. <laughs> Help us feed them. We love, <laughs> we love, we love spaghetti <laughs> or pizza, honestly. Lots of pizza. Did you find that resource? Yes. So I, I am loaded this week um, with, with the resources. Oh, so, good. Um, a few different things. So one of them um, that I actually connect to every single week, so I kind of know what's going on and what's current, um, it's called AXIS. So yep. AXIS.org. Um, they have so many things for parents. Um, and then I would say even for like youth leaders, kids leaders, like you just want to know what's going on. They'll send you an email every single week that tells you like, Hey, here's the trend on TikTok. Here's the, what's going on in their world. Here's how, you know, politics are affecting the kids all of a sudden. Like it, they'll let you know what's going on. And so I love them. Um, and then aside from just that, they have 
millions of um, books and, and resources that are just out there. Yep. Um, specifically for like Christian parenting your child. Yeah. So I would say yes, access is amazing. Um, when it comes to knowing your rights as a student, knowing your rights as an adult in schools and things like that. So there's two different places you can look. Um, one, I know the gospel coalition like has stuff that's out there. So you can look up, they have like different articles and things. Um, and then even see what the poll that I mentioned earlier, they have their own website. So it's syatp.com. Um, and on there, if you're looking under, I think it's like the FAQs or somewhere, um, on the website, they have an entire place that's just about student rights. Mm -hmm. And so it'll clearly lay out what student rights are according to like the Supreme Court and things. And then under that, they have a bunch of different places where you can look for legal help, like should you end up needing it, right? It's like if you walked into a public school and your principal says like, no, actually you can't do any of these things, you can fight back. And yep. there's people who are so ready to fight yeah. back. I will fight right. back with you. I might not have a law degree, but I will fight back with you. <laughs> um, so those are my big three. I don't know. Do you guys have any other ones? Yeah, I mean, that access, um, you can subscribe to an email and you get that every day. Like I'm looking at, they come out once a week and um, this one is is how to help your teens navigate through hard uh, relationships. And so like, it, it very well equips you to do things right mm -hmm. with the next generation. Yeah. And especially for the parents that are like, Hey, my kid's going through something. I have no idea how to talk to them. Like they have resources for that. Like get after it. Um, and another thing, I have a book recommendation. Um, it's from Reggie Joyner. It's called think orange. <clears throat> and so basically what this book is talking through is how to um, combine church with the family and how, when they collide, like the, the aspect and like the growth from that. Um, and just kind of, it, it coaches you how to talk to your kid, how to talk to kids in general. Yeah. Um, especially if you aren't familiar with talking to the next gen, like it teaches you how to do that and how to be relatable and how to honestly just listen. Like, I think that's like the biggest thing, um, that that book talks through is just being able to just be there and resource them and, and listen to them is yeah. like the hugest part. So. Um, one last thing that I would like both of you guys to do. Um, I think you guys both can agree pouring into the next generation. We have outlets for that. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? And how are you going to promote that right now? Yeah, I got so upset. <laughs> I got so upset that I forgot to plug in that on Sunday's um, sermon. And then I was so happy because in Dover, at least, Jeremy came up and he was like, by the way, you can do these things. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I should have said that. Um, but no, we we have space. Oh man, do we have space for you to serve the next generation? <laughs> um, anywhere. We're not desperate. No, not at all. Anywhere from <laughs> the kids ministry to the youth ministry, um, we can use leaders. We can use um, volunteers, people who want to come in and just want to pour into these kids' lives. Um, when it comes to youth, I'll speak to that. Um, you want to come in and you just, you want to help us set up. We can do that. You want to come in and um, lead a small group that we have. Like we will work with you to get you to that point. Yep. Um, you want to help lead worship for the different events that we have, or even maybe like mentor our students so that they're able to do worship and lead that too. We can figure that out with yeah. you. Like there's so many opportunities. It's kind of endless. Yep. And whatever you think you like, whatever way you think God's calling you to pour into mm -hmm. them, like we will find the spot for you. Yeah. yeah. Your admin focus, let us know. Like we want to, we want to equip, we, we want to help bring our events to the next level. Right. And so, um, I agree with that. Like, especially with youth and, and for kids, like, like I say, 
probably kids ministry is probably the most hurting ministry all around with a big church, like, like big C church, like all around. Like, I feel like many churches are always struggling with, Hey, we need kids and kids leaders. And I think the biggest thing is we don't want warm bodies. We want people who love the next generation and want to invest Mm -hmm. in that. Um, I think I've had the conversation probably the most is I don't want you in the kids ministry. If you're just there for a warm body, like if I have an adult count as one and I have all the other teenagers serving like that, I want to avoid that as much as possible because the kids will see through that. Like we mentioned, like the kids will notice and very well rip you apart that you are just a warm body and that you don't really like them. Um, Especially if you're just there making sure that they're staying controlled. I will. I'm going to add real quick too. It is statistically proven out there that between 50 to 60% of people, when they're looking at a church and they're trying to figure out where they're going to go, if they have kids, kids ministry is 50 to 60% of the reason why they will choose a church. Like that is like kids ministry is so important. We might just sometimes think like, that's just like, they're, Mm. they're just getting babysat. Right. So I can sit and learn about God and like, I'll go do the adult things. But no, it's so much it more important than that. <laughs> it is not a nursery. It is not babysitting. Like we are teaching them things. We are pouring into their lives. There's a curriculum that we teach from, right? And so if you want to be part of that, you want to be part of like what causes a person to decide they're going to come and yeah. stay. Because no. these kids, what they experience in kids' church, they're going to be talking about the entire ride home. They're yep. going to get so excited to come back the next week. And so you know what they're going to keep doing? Hey, when are we going to church next? Hey, when, when, when do I get to yeah. do that again? And ultimately their parents are going to end up coming back on a Sunday morning because their kids just won't be quiet about how much they enjoyed the kids ministry. And you can be a part of that. So you can be a part of causing that excitement in that kid and making them want to come back. Yeah. You know, what was really cool. Um, I had a coworker that I used to work with um, and she was very reluctant when I, when I worked there, I I knew that her family like went to, I knew who her other family members went to church. And so I was constantly inviting them, helping them with that. Right. But it wasn't until the, her youth student was very reluctant on the way. Like, he's like, Hey mom, like, I want you to come to church with me. Like, and it finally took this past Sunday that she came and it was like, it was funny. Cause like, I was like, Oh my gosh, you're here. Like finally, like, we're so excited. And she's like, I know, I know he finally got me. And it was like, <laughs> like there is true passion in the next generation. Yeah. And, and the kids can be the source of why yeah. the parents come back. There's also, I wanted to add this to what both of you guys said, but like not just having warm bodies and being passionate. There's also the other side too of like, there are people who serve every week in the kids wing or every week in youth. And if we get more people involved, like you give those people a break so that they can be poured into as well, that they can continue pouring out. And the same thing goes, even if you don't have kids like that go to church, if you're in the kids wing, you get to have that investment, not only for the kids, you're not only teaching them about Jesus and how to grow in their faith, but you're enabling the parents to grow in their faith so that they can continue that through the week. And then the more people they are that are in a part of it, the more that we can have more kids come, the right. more we can have more parents come, the more that you even get to receive from that. Because again, the kids are gonna teach you too. They're going to show you what that childlike faith looks like. So, well, that is all the time that we have today. Thank you guys for this great conversation. Thank you for everything that you guys do for the next generation from diapers to... What's your Cradle to career. Cradle to career. (laughs) That's it. That's That's, my saying. That's the saying. But I thank you guys for listening and we'll see you all next week. Peace out. Bye.